Step back three on the way. And he's got another one. Jamal Murray. And they want to post up to Joker. They want to take advantage of this matchup. Don't we see that at least once a game from Jokic to someone? Outside Jokic for the lead. Have you been in these sessions before? I've said this like 10 times. And I'm not writing your article for you. Ask one of your colleagues. He's magnificent. It's winner go home. Three points. And Bobo, hey, hey I'll tell you, young fella, don't go chasing waterfalls right there. Yeah, thank you, whoever did this. What is going on, everybody? It is Anilo Puro of Mile High Sports back at it again with the latest installment of the Denver Nuggets podcast right here on the Mile High Sports Podcasting Network. Hope everybody is doing well here, 11 o'clock in the morning on this Wednesday. February 17th, and uh, I'm not going to lie, I woke up and forgot that Denver was playing on the second night of a back-to-back. I was laying in bed, I was scrolling through Twitter, I was doing my thing, and, you know, I, I just, I try to stay up to date with everything going on in, in the league, and last night it was, you know, I was up rather late, playing some games, and, you know, hanging out with some buddies, my brother, and all that stuff, and it just slipped my mind, you know, it's just, especially, you know, in this day and age with the COVID and everything, like, there hasn't been a lot of back-to-backs, and I, this might be Denver's second back-to-back of the season, I, I don't remember the first one, it, it, it honestly might be their first of the season, for all I know, um, but there just has not been a lot of back-to-backs uh, for the Nuggets so far this season that I'm thinking of off the top of my head, so I honestly forgot that we had a game today, uh, so I was going to kind of dive totally into the Boston game and transition to how this team is you know, looking and moving forward, but looks like we're going to briefly touch on the Boston game and then also take a look at tonight's matchup uh, against the Washington Wizards. And I think I'm going to go ahead and just title this podcast the Beal Spiel uh, as the Denver Nuggets. You know, if you're a fan of the team, if you're a fan of NBA basketball and NBA Twitter and the rumor mill, uh, you know, Denver and Bradley Beal have been linked to one each other, to one another for quite some time. You know, uh, I, I don't want to say that there's, there's not really been mutual interest on on the side of Beal, you know, for whatever reason, you know, Bradley Peel, Bradley Beal has played his best years, you know, of his career in Washington on a team that has not been competitive in what, six, seven years, you know, since John Wall, when, when John Wall was in his prime, I mean, it's been a hot minute since, uh, or when Paul Pierce was there, you know, at the end of his career, that was the last time that Washington seemed to have any real, you know, resemblance of a uh, playoff competitive squad. And, you know, Bradley Beals, for whatever reason, for better or for worse, you know, he came out earlier this year and said that he doesn't want to be traded. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and look for the for the article, maybe find some quotes for you, uh, for you guys here. But for, for whatever reason, Bradley Beal is comfortable in Washington playing on that losing squad out east um, and doesn't seem like he is in – a rush to be moved, you know, to a competitor, you know, maybe like Denver. And, and believe me, the Nuggets would be one of many teams lining up trying to acquire Bradley Beal uh, if the opportunity presented itself uh, where he did request a trade or Washington did end up making him available. So, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and rock with this podcast as the Beal spiel. We'll go ahead and talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what Bradley Beal could bring to this team. And obviously, uh, you know, could tonight's performance, you know, have any impact on the way you know, Denver potentially pursues Bradley Beal or, or the way that maybe Bradley Beal, um, you know, r- looks at Denver. And and I swear to God, this is like the fifth podcast in a row, like the fifth podcast in a row. Like I, I just I forget to put my phone on airplane mode. And I forget to put like mute my laptop and I always get a text message in the middle of my podcast. So uh, talk, it's not a, I'm not mad at the people texting me. It's just like I'm more so mad at myself for like forgetting to it's just it's like ding, ding. it's like Jesus, dude, like <laughs> 
Sorry, we should have used uh, for all you Catholics and you Christians out there. I know today is Ash Wednesday, so uh, not trying to use the Lord's name in vain. And uh, if that offended you, I'm sorry. I'm a 12-year Catholic school veteran, so please don't take events. I uh, I say that tongue-in-cheek. Uh, so, but, um, no, yeah, so I apologize for the consistent, maybe that's just going to be a part of the show, you know, is the, the text message, the phone alert coming in my, you know, coming in the show, coming in the audio within the first, you know, five to 10 minutes of the program. Um, so yeah, spiel, spiel, let's get back to that. But, um, you know, what I, what I was getting at is, you know, could, could tonight's game, you know, have an impact on the way that these two parties view each other? You know, if Denver goes and has a lousy performance, you know, does that maybe inspire it? You know, if Denver has a lousy performance and Beal goes off, what does that mean? Right. I think maybe Beal's like, okay, these guys are a bunch of scrubs. Um, I think Denver then looks at it as, okay, we really need somebody like a Bradley Beal. Um, what happens if Beal goes off and the Nuggets win? Uh, maybe Beal is able to recognize that his talent is being misused in Washington and maybe he, he can start to envision himself on a winning team like Denver, right? Because if Denver's able to kind of blow them out and Beal say goes for 25, 30 points, you know, that you would think that's going to kind of sway the way that he, you know, goes about his business and the way that he wants to, you know, kind of play his basketball moving forward. You know, they do say winning cures all, right? And I don't know. Let's take a look here at this report from CBS Sports. Uh, Sam Quinn of CBS. This is from February 12th, 2021. So just uh, about a week ago. Uh, Bradley Beal, I'll, I'll just take an excerpt here. Bradley Beal is the next logical superstar to be traded. He has missed the two, the, the past two postseasons. Wow. It's only been two years without Washington making the postseason? Feels like they haven't been in the playoffs in forever. I mean, I guess it is the Eastern Conference, so it's not that hard to get in as a six, seven, or eight seed, but still. Um, and if there, if the early portion of this season is any indication, he'll make it three in a row this spring. He's less than two years away from free agency. He's voiced his frustration with teammates of Washington's struggles. Yet whenever rumors about a possible Beal trade arise, reports quickly refute them. The Wizards are not interested in Beal, or, or the Wizards are not interested in Beal. And by all indications, Beal is not interested in leaving the Wizards. That was a typo, I think. Uh, his agent, Mark Bartlenstein, I hope I said that right, confirmed that in a recent interview with Yahoo Sports' Ben Roch, oh my gosh, these names, Rochbach, R-O-H-R-B-A-C-H, Rarbach, Ben Rarbach, <laughs> quote, he doesn't want to quit on something, Bartlenstein said, uh, he is an incredibly loyal guy and wants to always feel like he's done everything he can to help somebody or someone be successful. It's the way he was raised and what his values are based upon him. It's ingrained in him. It's what makes him him, in my mind, so unique. He's all about the right things. Okay, he sounds like a Taurus. I know that you guys aren't in. You guys probably aren't into the astrology, um, but the overly. Let's see. I, I'm going to put money right now that he's born in May. Let's see. Let's see. June. Okay, no, he's a Gemini. So I, I don't know why I know this stuff. My girlfriend's really into the astrological stuff. But usually, like, blind loyalty like that is an indication of someone that's very stubborn and thick-headed uh, in, the, in the eyes of a Taurus. So I thought maybe that could have been him. But no, he's a Gemini. So uh, <laughs> weird stuff. I don't know why I went on that tangent. But pretty much, as you could hear from uh, Bradley Beal's agent, he does not want to be traded. He's frustrated with his teammates. He's voiced those frustrations. Uh, he's not happy with the way things are going. He's not going to make the playoffs again this year. And for some reason, that is not enough for him to request a trade. That is not enough for him to voice his frustrations, to demand, you know, that he is moved or not even demand. You know, I'm not trying to say he has to go, you know, the James Harden route or the Deshaun Watson route. But I mean, you know, I, I think most people in the NBA world and most sports fans in general you know, would not blame him if he said, Ayo, like, I want to go somewhere else because they just have not been good. 
uh, at all the Washington Wizards have. They've kind of let him down. You know, we saw them trade away John Wall, you know, to the Houston Rockets at the beginning of this season. And listen, you know, John Wall is not the John Wall of old, you know, there's a reason why he doesn't have a signature shoe anymore, there's a reason why he is not considered a household name, you know, when it comes to perennial all-star contention and all that kind of stuff, you know, injuries and the whole nine have battered him, but you know, he was a core member of that Wizards unit, you know, like it or not, you know, John Wall was an integral part of that Wizards team. And, you know, they traded him away. You know, what does that say? I know they managed to get Russell Westbrook in return. And it's just a weird situation out there, the Wizards, because like Russell Westbrook is another player where, you know, at this stage of his career, you know, we've seen him on a unit in Oklahoma City where they had some real good highs, but it seems like they peaked. Then we saw him running the show as the best player, uh, you know, by himself in Oklahoma City. And we saw how far that got them. And then we saw him bounce to Houston and go play with co-star and James Harden, and that didn't work out. And so with Russell Westbrook, it just seems like he's almost destined to be the best player on a bad team. I mean, that's just almost what it feels like with Russell Westbrook. It seems like he's, he he could be in Washington the rest of his career and, and play his ball-dominant style of basketball, and it seems like he'd be totally content with that. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but that's just kind of the reality of the situation is, you know, Russell Westbrook is a household name. You know, everybody knows Russell Westbrook. He was going off on that triple-double tangent, you know, a few seasons ago. Um, and, and obviously, you know, he had some of the most memorable and most impactful, you know, years of his career alongside Kevin Durant. But, you know, ever since that, you know, ever since his MVP award and all, and all that stuff, it's kind of just gone down, downhill for Russell Westbrook. Um, and, and, you know, he's not uh, an A-type co-star, you know, that's going to get you to a championship. I, I don't view Russell Westbrook as a pillar to build around. You know, Russell Westbrook, in my opinion, is a known commodity, and there's no disrespect to him. You know, I mean, he's a phenomenal player. I mean, he, he's an all-star. You know, he's one of the best players that we have in the league, you know, over the last five, six, seven years, you know, in regards to athleticism and, and talent. You know, maybe his overall basketball skills aren't the best, but he's such an athletic freak that that kind of compensates for some of it. Um, you know, but he's just not, a, he, he needs the ball in his hands. You know, he can't, he's not an off ball player. You know, Russell Westbrook is not a spot up shooter. Russell Westbrook is somebody that needs the offense to run through. Like, like Russell Westbrook is not effective if the ball is not running through him. Like James Harden is someone that is a ball dominant type player, you know, who needs the ball in his hands to be his most effective, but James Harden can be effective off ball. That you know you can work. Like, we, we've seen it work in Brooklyn, you know, to a degree. Offensively, when you have KD and you have Kyrie and James Harden, you're going to figure out ways to score points, right? Um, you know, whereas Russell Westbrook, it's like he needs to be driving and slashing to the basket and drawing fouls and slamming home dunks and contested layups and drawing double teams to kick out for assists. I mean, that that is his style of play. You know, something that we're seeing is kind of falling out of the uh, you know the general NBA skill set. And, you know, I think there's a reason why, you know, Russell Westbrook, look at Carmelo Anthony, you know, two totally different players. But, you know, Car- there's a reason why Carmelo kind of just fell off, you know. I mean, obviously his skill set diminished a little bit, but that one-on-one, you know, I'm going to post you up, you know, and, and kind of back you down to the basket and hit a turnaway jump shot, you know, that's that's not the game anymore. You know, that's not the name of the game. The name of the game is, you know, efficiency, three-point shots, playing defense, three and D. Uh, you know, it's a it's a quick, fast-paced game. It's not as, you know, dominant by one player. Now, obviously, one player can dominate a game, you know, and lead his team to success and, and rings and championships and all that, but not in the manner in which Russell Westbrook does. So, you know, I think that kind of circles back to it as well uh, of why this Washington team has struggled. You know, what is their future with Bradley Beal, with Russell Westbrook? You know, if you're Bradley Beal, you know, I understand that you want to say that you've done everything in your power, you know, to try to help out this franchise, but... At some point, you know, he's 27 years old. You know, he's in the he's just entering the prime of his career. You know, 26, 27 is when you start. And, you know, he 
needs to real. I mean, I, I'm just I'm talking about this from the Nuggets perspective. You know, if he wanted to welcome a trade to Denver, you know, I mean, we're, we're talking about a team that is elevated to a championship, you know, caliber team. I really believe that. And obviously, the conversation then transitions to well. What do you have to give up to acquire somebody like Bradley Beal? It's going to take Michael Porter Jr. or Jamal Murray and then probably a role player and a handful of picks. And to me, that's completely worth it. I mean, seriously. And I think, you know, last night's game against the Boston Celtics was the perfect indication of that. Once again, Nikola Jokic doing his thing per usual, going off and, and, you know, the Nuggets unable to surround him with the proper help. Michael Porter Jr. just looked absolutely dreadful out there right now. Let's take a look here at the box score. Michael Porter Jr., no points, seven rebounds, three assists. Nikola Jokic finishing with 43 points. Wow, he didn't get a double-double. Jokic finishes with 43 points, five assists, and six rebounds in that game last night. Uh, 43 points is just impeccable. Compazzo had eight assists, which was nice, and Jamal Murray had 25 points, but it's just been streaky. I mean, it's Jokic versus the world. As Jokic, and sometimes you get an inefficient Jamal Murray that, you know, manages to muster 20-plus points on, like, 20-plus shots, um, you know, which isn't exactly, you know, the definition of efficient. Um, you know, but I, I think, you know, when you're looking at this team, uh, here we go again, you know, a, t- a game in last night against Boston that in my personal opinion is very, 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 very winnable. And I think it's disappointing that you saw this team just kind of roll over in the second half and not really able to put up a fight, you know, on the road. And, you know, these are these are games last year, you know, if you have Jeremy Grant, if you have Torrey Craig and some of these other players that you lost in the offseason, you know, maybe you're able to make it a little bit closer. Maybe you're able to eke out the win. You know, who who's to say that that's not going to be the case, you know, right? And I just think that you've seen some chemistry fall off this year. Jamal Murray's regressed. Uh, and, and for whatever reason, you know, Nikola Jokic is taking this next step and the rest of the team cannot live up to the hype. They can't follow in suit. And, and that's frustrating, you know, as, as somebody that covers the team. And I'm sure it's frustrating for all you Denver Nuggets fans out there because, you know, Denver loses a game last night to the Celtics, 112 to 99. But, you know, that third quarter is what absolutely crippled them. It was a relatively close game. You know, I think it was like a one or two point game going into halftime. And then, you know, Boston outscores Denver 27-21 in the third quarter. And then again, 26-24 in the fourth quarter. You know, it's just Denver falls off at the worst point, you know, at the worst parts, you know. And if you're a betting man, you, you might as well start taking the Nuggets in the first half. I mean, because they've been a, a pretty solid first half bet and just a pretty solid first half team collectively this year. Uh, but they've absolutely crumbled in the second half, particularly in the third quarter. And I mean, they dig themselves into these holes where it's like, okay, they'll get down 15, 16 points. And, and you know, they're able to kind of trim that deficit to eight, nine, seven points. But I mean, it never gets any lesser than that because it's just too big of a hole to continue to have to dig yourself out of on a game in and game out basis. You know, that that's just kind of the reality of the situation here with the Denver Nuggets. And the reason they're getting into these holes is because, Jokic can't play, you know, the full four quarters, you know, you got to take him out and the bench unit just goes cold. You know, Monte Morris has been nice for this team in spurts, but you know, when Jamal Murray falls off and Michael Porter Jr. isn't scoring a single point, you know, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, it, it was just an extremely disappointing for the Denver Nuggets, uh, an extremely disappointing loss for the Denver Nuggets last night as they now fall to 15 and 12. And Boston, you know, not that good of a team this year. They're, they're game over 500 now at 14 and 13. So, you know, again, I look at that as a very winnable game. Uh, you know, on the first night of a back-to-back, you would hope that Denver would have come out and be, you know, been a little excited and invigorated for this game, uh, knowing that they would have to come back the next night in Washington and play a game and try to, you know, start this roadie out with a, you know, on, on a strong note. But uh, that just wasn't the case. So uh, Denver loses to the Boston Celtics, and now they've got this game coming up here tonight against the Washington Wizards. So uh, it should be an exciting one. I, I think Denver's going to win this game. You know, I think, uh, like I said, just when I was talking about Beal, 
you know, Denver is the superior team here. And I think, you know, you look at the spread of three and a half, that's rather low. Uh, you know, I think on a night in, night out basis, Denver is good enough to compete with anybody. You know, that if you go to milehighsports.com, at milehighsports on Twitter, you'll see my, uh, you know, my betting preview up there about, you know, why I make my picks and, and the over-under. And I, I went with the Nuggets against the spread in this one. You know, I, I feel, con- at the end of the day, like, when I'm betting, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, the Nuggets as a road dog or a road favorite, excuse me, you know, against a lesser opponent like this in Washington, especially at three and a half against the spread, I try to look at it as an independent variable, right? You know, I know back-to-backs are critical. I know that that plays a massive, you know, amount of wear and tear on the player's body, you know, over the course of a 24 to 48-hour period when they're playing. You know, it can slow teams down. Things can be sluggish. But I also, you know, these these are world-class athletes. You know, it's not like you're... 16 year old AAU game or you know your D3 college you know ride the bus across the state you know this is a little different you know these are high quality athletes and at the end of the day Denver should 100% be good enough to beat the freaking Washington Wizards by three and a half point or four points and cover this spread I mean Washington is not that good I mean they can't they can't defend anybody first and foremost so this might be the MPJ coming out game maybe Jamal Murray is able to get back on track in this game and you could expect big things from Nicole Jokic in the assist department and, and the thing about Jokic is he can go for 30 plus points a night if he wants to man you know it's just it, it's totally on him you know there, there's no question about his offensive skill set so you know you got to keep an eye on Nikola Jokic as well um, you know, so I think that I think Denver's going to be able to run up the score. You know, Washington can score points as well, but they don't play any defense. Whereas Denver can play defense. You can see Denver put the clamps on these guys at times. And and really, outside of their two star players in Westbrook and Bradley Beal, you know, it, it's a relatively weak roster. You know, all the way around with the Wizards. So you know, I I do like the Denver Nuggets against the spread here. I think you look at this as. Like I said, an independent variable. Second out of a back-to-back, that's going to play a factor. But I think that Denver is, you know, they have the higher ceiling. They're, they're the better team collectively. Um, and, and I think that they can, you know, get this win. I, I really believe it. I think they can win this game in convincing fashion. I think they're a little frustrated, um, you know, with just how everything has been going here lately after that loss last night. I think you're going to see them come out and try to you know, really run up the score on a team, a lesser opponent in the Washington Wizards. And that's no disrespect. It's just, you know, if we're if we're using the expectations that we set for this team at the beginning of the season, you know, this is a team in the Nuggets that we expect to do big things, you know, really, really big things. And I think, uh, you know, beating the Wizards is, uh, you know, just part of the plan. It's a barrier, you know, it's just kind of a rite of passage in a way is you got to beat teams like the Wizards in order to reach these new heights. And there goes my phone again. So, um, <laughs> so weird. Uh, yeah, yeah. It should be a good one though. Tip off coming up here in a, a few hours this evening. I, I like the East Coast start times as well. It's always nice to get a game going you know, like five, six o'clock, you know, as opposed to that seven, seven, ten start, um, especially in baseball season. Oh my gosh, I love the early start times in baseball. So good stuff, folks. Good, good stuff. And I think, you know, just to put a bow on it here, if you guys want to follow me on social media at media by AP, it's going to be interesting to see how this team kind of bounces back following this uh, loss to the Boston Celtics and now having this game against Washington, because, you know, I, I this is a team that continues to teeter between okay, you know, they could be in the upper echelon of the Western Conference and a team that, you know, on the other side of the coin is looking like, you know, a team that might not even make the playoffs. And, you know, that's why you find yourself in the middle here, you know, with a couple of games above 500, 
you know, in the middle of the pack here uh, of the NBA Western Conference. So, uh, you know, the, these these games are, are they're telling, man. You know, body language is telling. Michael Porter Jr. has not looked succinct. Leokic has looked a little frustrated. Murray's banged up. You know, this team is far from perfect right now. So it's going to be interesting to see how they uh, go up against an imperfect opponent tonight in the Washington Wizards. So it should be a good matchup, folks. We are looking forward to it. If you guys want to give me a follow again on social media, at Media by AP, I would really, really appreciate that. I'll be tweeting about the game, keeping you guys updated. And I'll be on Mile High Sports Radio tonight. You can stream that on milehighsports.com. Talking nuggets, talking sports betting, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. So uh, be sure to check me out online there tonight, guys. But uh, that'll do it for me, folks. Again, on social media, at Media by AP, if you guys want to give me a follow. And this is the Beal Spiel, the Denver Nuggets, uh, Washington Wizards going up uh, against each other tonight. Should be a good one. We'll be back with a couple of podcasts later in the week to keep you updated with all things Denver Nuggets basketball. We'll talk to you guys later. Have a good one.